Hello and welcome to True Confessions Property Management. I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins, and today, as always, we are hearing 100% real-life stories from property management professionals. If you're a first responder, ER doc, or you work on the Hill in DC, I know you have OMG stories, but what most people don't know is that property managers do too. In an industry where fire, flood, or blood is just a normal saying, we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. Today, we're talking to Tim. And remember, all names have been altered, communities and companies excluded, and the only thing you're going to hear is the juicy details of his stories. Enjoy! Hi, Tim. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. You and I have worked together in the past, um, Mm -hmm. and you work in a different region than than I do now. And even for, you know, we've both moved on to different companies, but I know that you've had some crazy stories and I'm excited that you get to share them with our listeners today. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me again. Um, I'll go ahead and get started if that's all right. Perfect. First one. So there actually were two that were very similar, but I'll I'll focus on the one here that, um, and there were very different locations, different time periods, but, um, I, we had this community, it was a um, high end, rather, I would say expensive and not exclusive, but, but a high end um, building that um, we had this resident who was perpetually, we had some issues with as far as noise complaints, um, periodic police calls to this, to this um, particular unit and um, they were frequently late. So we had some issues with uh, that as well. So we got down to the point where after about a six month battle of trying to figure out um, how to work with this resident and, and they weren't very responsive, if at all, um, they eventually did move out. And um, the maintenance team went in to do their inspection and, and have everything, um, you know, get ready for the next resident. And they said that there was something odd as far as the smell goes in the, uh, they didn't know what it was. They were a little bit concerned, but in the home, it, it smells a little bit weird. So I went over there with a couple of other people from our, our staff and opened the door and it, it hit right away. Um, there was definitely something that, that was in the air, I guess you could say. And, um, we walked in and, and, and there were things on the walls, like stains. And there was just, it was a really odd smell and we couldn't place it. And then it kind of hit me what it was. And um, I realized very quickly what it was, is that it was, um, I don't know if I could say this, but um, semen all over the walls. What? Like everywhere. And we went around. (laughs) And of course, at that point, we were absolutely disgusted and grossed out. But we had to go in there because we can't just leave it. I mean, that's our jobs. And so we um, left, came back with gloves and some other things and, face masks and whatnot and walked through it. And the, the weirdest thing, I mean, not that that wasn't weird, but the weirdest thing was that the bathtub was full of like half full of something. And we're not sure what it was to this day, but it was just this gross looking material, I guess you could. And it was just nasty. The whole apartment smelled so bad. And we come to find out that this person actually had rented it through like Airbnb and it turned into somewhat of a, um, like a brothel or something like that. I guess that they were running a prostitution ring out of, um, 
it, it was just gross. It really was. So that was um, oh, man. by far the most disgusting home that I've ever been in as far as uh, a move out goes. That Very shocking. Horrifying and disgusting. Did your yeah. team have to turn that or did you call a vendor? I mean, and no, it's even worse, did. someone had to turn it. Somebody did, but no, we, we made the decision that it was worth spending the money to hire an outside agency to uh, one of those. Um, or uh, like crime um, scene cleanup clean people. Up. Yeah, like they came up and they came in and did it. And um, I'm sure that they were we, we prepped them as much as we could and and uh, gave them. But it, it was really gross. I mean, it was it was very heavily in the in the bedrooms. And there was just odd things throughout the whole place that um, there were a couple of random pieces of furniture that were left. Um, but we we just didn't want to okay. touch anything at all. I don't think we even opened the fridge or looked in any cupboards because we didn't want to um, know what was possibly in there. So we just called that vendor and they came in and, and cleaned it all out and got it to the point where we could actually consider it safe to go Ew. into. I have one more question on this story. Did you ever, after those yeah. people moved out, did you ever have any issues once you re-rented it with people trying to come back thinking it was still a brothel? That's a good question. Not that I'm aware of. Um, because I think that we, it, it didn't, we didn't turn okay. it really quickly. Um, and so it was, it was probably six weeks that it was vacant. Um, maybe even a little bit longer than that. So, and it was interesting because it was a controlled access building. So they, they had a, quite a setup going because we didn't even know what was going on. At the time. Um, Good story. Yeah. Yeah. And the next one um, that I have, we, uh, I'll, I'll go with the early on in my career. I think it was within the first two years. I, at the time, was an assistant property manager. And it was an older community and in the suburbs. And this community had, um, w- with older communities, you get really nice landscaping, big pool areas, uh, really nice, um, big open spaces. And I was working, um, filing papers away. And yeah, this is long ago, long enough ago that we did have paper <laughs> copies of everything. And so I was in the back of the house filing things away and we had windows right above the filing cabinets and I could see out and it looked overlooked the pool. And then beyond the pool was another, um, just up the hill a little bit was, um, a building, one of the residential buildings. And it was a total normal at the moment, n- normal day. And I heard some commotion and it was nice enough that we, I had the windows open and, and I heard some commotion and looked up and I saw that somebody had tossed a, uh, um, like broken out the window screen and tossed a backpack out of the, um, the second story window of an apartment. And I, all of a sudden this guy jumps out of the second story window and I'm kind of just shocked because I didn't know what was going on. And without missing a beat, he jumps up, grabs his backpack, and just takes off running. Absolutely running as fast as he could. And I know there's something obviously wrong here. And so I run outside and I chase after him because, of course, that's what you should do. Um, So, But he's a pretty good distance from me at this point. But I I chase out after him and he loses me really quick. But um, I'm looking around trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, not 30 seconds after I'd gone outside, 
this minivan pulls in like really fast through this community and rolls his window down and he flashes this like totally from the movies he flashes a badge that's hanging around on a chain around his neck and i have no idea what agency he was with nothing when i look back at it but he said did you see where that guy went and i said yeah like right over here and i pointed the direction and within a few minutes there were all these unmarked cars like swarming around and i don't know who they were with or what agency but i'm assuming some sort of dea or something like that but um it was bizarre but kind of fun to see at the same time and they traced him down to the uh um bus stop and apparently he like moved past that and but it was a good distance away um so that was bizarre seeing somebody jump out of a second story window and i guess he was a drug dealer that they'd been looking for and closing in on and they knocked on his door to um, check in or something like that or do some sort of a um a greed or something and he just took off through the wow. second story window and he was one um, of your residents he was yeah and so we had to of course at that point then start with some well we had to get what information we could which was very challenging because we had to work with the local pd and they didn't have a ton of information but we basically just were able to um i think in fact he actually yeah, just, just do an immediate eviction or get him out of course yeah. but just yeah. terrifying yeah. he's like oh they're after me and little did he know they had tons of cars to get him oh yeah he, he was definitely a, a popular guy that day there how fortunate that you were looking out your window though you could be a part of it <laughs> it was kind of fun to see <laughs> that's great it was fun yeah it was very entertaining um and then another one i'll i'll give you kind of um maybe this will be my last one an, an incident that occurred at night um at another community um we i got a call and and they said hey uh, there's some damage to um the parking garage or to, to the the garage bank um and you should come take a look at this and it was at night and i'm like well you know we probably can wait until the morning that no you should probably come take a look at it now and somebody looks like they um maybe hit the wrong press the wrong button on the or the wrong uh, pedal and uh accidentally hit something and um so okay i i go and check it out and and I, i think i still have this video of when i actually looked at it the next morning early um because it was so shocking to me but somebody had gotten home and pulled into their carport spot and it was one carport. And then where they would face, there was another carport that faced them with a sidewalk in between. And then behind that carport um, parking like row was another driveway and a bank of garages. So this individual had pulled into his parking carport spot and um, just kept going and with a lot of force gone um, between two cars, um, damaged those two pretty severely, um, and then taken out the um, post, the beam that was between two garage doors that held up the, the building basically for the, gar- the bank of garages and completely took that out, put it in reverse, pulled back, went back um, to his original spot after damaging another vehicle and then pulled forward and was up against the post inside the carport. So he made it into his final carport correctly. Well, not correctly. He was up against the post, but he had damaged pretty severely. And the bank of garages, which was a a building 
um, I think there was maybe eight or nine garages that were in a row that were connected. That building, that structure on the front was leaning <laughs> almost to the ground where the roof was because he took the beams out between them. And was, was there apartment um, homes above the garages or was it just garages? No, no, it was a oh, standalone. Yeah, that was a standalone garage. Yeah. That would have been scary. But I mean, it already was. But um, apparently this this guy had gotten home I, and the police said they had no Hammered. idea how he managed to drive all the way. He was so drunk. They said they didn't know how he possibly could have driven home. Um, and he just kept going once he was in there. Probably hit the wrong. Um, like they had said, they didn't they didn't tell me quite the extent on the phone of just how bad it was. Um, and I think for good reason, because it was, it was pretty severe. Um, luckily he was okay. I do want to say that he, he didn't get hurt, um, himself. Um, but there was a lot of property damage for sure. Wow. And all your residents. And so the cops did end up getting him though. Like something happened where they caught him they and did. actually got yeah. him. Cause I would hate for him yeah. to just go sleep it off and then come back and. Yeah, no, he actually fell asleep at the wheel, um. And then the, you know, there was so much noise that um, luckily one of the neighbors there, it was a very, very big community. And so there was a lot of um, units in that area. Um, and so somebody called 911 because they were concerned about Because he was a hammer driving and, into uh, everything he yeah. could. You know. So I think the police pretty clearly knew what was happening the, when they came upon it. And he did get arrested for DUI. The best picture would have been his car in his actual spot. Yeah, it was pretty incredible that he had the wherewithal to make sure to get into his parking spot. And uh, and I don't know how he managed to do that, but I'm glad that he was safe and that it was only property damage. You're so ultimately. kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it, it really was kind of a daily thing almost, it seemed like. It, it really didn't surprise me that much at the time of it. So it's just, you kind of get used to it. Wow. Well, your stories did not disappoint. They were wonderful. Thanks for sharing them on the podcast. I really appreciate you being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Are you still grossed out by that brothel story? Because I am. That was disgusting. If you have your own outlandish property management stories, I'd love to hear them and feature you on an upcoming episode. Go to my website, multifamilytrainer.com, click podcasts, and fill out the form. That does it for episode number 15 of True Confessions Property Management. Hope that you're telling your friends about it and enjoying each and every episode. Till next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the Multifamily Trainer, signing off. Have a great week.